Welcome, everybody, to Tour Pass Podcast. I am Matt Harmon, coming to you live from wherever. And this is my co-host, Dante Graziani. Yeah, one of my buddies hit me up and was like, hey, is your co-host really in the witness protection? I am. That's the truth. And uh, yeah. I guess that's what we're going it with. It is where we're going uh, with. For some reason, they... For some reason, they just allow you to do podcasts in the witness. They do because I mean, we <laughs> we're grateful for everybody that does listen. But uh, the the government has determined that not enough people listen. I can still do this as long as I don't say where I actually am. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's how that works, I guess. This is episode thirty. We made it to thirty episodes. Hey, gay for us! And once again, isn't that fucking crazy? But also sad because that means that that's how long, uh, you know, coronavirus has destroyed uh, that our plus, industry. Plus, I think two or three weeks. So, yeah. so there we go. Yeah. But there's a yeah. lot of cool stuff happening. Um, you get to let. What's our What's oh, our yeah. socials? Hey, you can that? find us on Instagram or Twitter at, at Torpass Podcast. And if you want to email us, uh, torpasspodcast at gmail And as always, if you have the Anchor app, you can send us a voice message. But yes. also, you can go to lessonjakemerch.com, and they currently have, like, a Halloween sale going on, and uh, all the proceeds from that benefit crew guys like me, Dante, Brian, and Addy. So, yeah, that, that ends on the 25th. This is the last episode for us to be able to remind you to do that. Um, so, please go out there and get some cool shit. We're very proud of this merch line. Yeah, it we looks really good. chipped in and came up with the ideas, and yeah. It's 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 a rad thing. Thank you, Lesson Jake, for doing that. Thank you all for everyone who's who bought the last round and who's buying this round. And if you know, if you if you're if you got some dough to spare and you want some cool merch, go check it out, please. Of course. So also continue. early voting. I've already voted. Uh, my, vo- you know. my vote's in and I even I did the mail in. I got an email saying they have received my ballot. So done as much I've, I've, I've done as much yet. as I can do at this point, Dante. I will vote. Who are you going to vote and for? I'm pretty sure you guys. Uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what, man? The more I think about it, Donald Trump's not so bad. I can't Another, even say A third-party candidate, Jill Jorgensen, she had a bus parked at Lake Eola like a week or so ago. And like I'm walking, I'm walking through the park on my way downtown, and there's like no, they got like a little small thing set up for her to like speak, like a little podium little PA set up and there's like nobody there besides this like crazy looking guy selling t-shirts and he's just got this big sign that says taxation is theft and I'm like oh yeah they're libertarians and Jill Jorgensen was literally going up to like random people in the park like hey you want to come over here and like listen to me speak and it's like you have a giant bus parked outside there you know like if they don't see your name and want to go over there and talk to you they probably don't and also this isn't the year for third parties also even if even if you're like a libertarian or a green party or whatever the fuck you are and you you're like I'm going to vote for a third party you know what party like is more likely to change the system to more than a two party system the left so vote left if you want the future to have more than two parties it's yeah, fucking, we we should have more than two parties i'm not agreeing with the two party system i'm just saying for currently for what's going on 
Yeah, especially if you fucking live in Florida. Do not throw your vote away on a fucking third party. And don't vote for fucking Trump. That's all I gotta say. Fucking just settle for Biden. Listen. I don't know how many times... Listen, this is kind of like... It's kind of like when you have to go to the DMV for something. It sucks, but you have to do it. And ultimately, it'll be better off if you do that. So just vote for Biden. Yeah. Vote for Biden. There we go. And for any of our international listeners that don't know about the DMV, it just sucks. It's a nightmare. Um, But we have our guest, Josh Massey, who did this last minute. Yeah, thank you, Josh, for filling in. We had a last-minute cancellation, and uh, he swooped in. We wanted to have him anyway. We've been, we, like yeah, we've been trying to... We, like we're settling for we, Joe Biden. <laughs> we actually picked Josh. We picked him a couple weeks ago, but he was busy. And so this happened to work out. So thanks to him. Yeah. Uh, Josh, most notably, it, we, I know him from... I first met him when he was tour managing Direct Hit on that tour with Lesson Jake and Face to Face. And uh, yep. most notably, uh, does merch and uh, lights and a couple other things for Anti Flag, and you'll hear all about it when we talk to him. He's a he's a Josh of all trades. <laughs> that was actually really good, Dante. Round of thank you. I'm Round capable. Of of, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My Venmo is <laughs> at Dante slash Graziani. Please tip me for that mm. joke. Well, there we Time's go. Times tough. are tough. Or just buy yeah. crew merch. Lessonjakemerch.com. Uh, can't stress enough how much that really does go to help in times like this when there's not shit to do for us. And there's yeah. currently yeah. no hope on the horizon. So, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, it's, it's easier to laugh than cry. Anyway, um, so we hope you enjoy our interview with Joss Massey and Dante. Unless you have anything else to add, I think we'll just cut to that. Nope. Roll it. it. Let's go. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Josh Massey who is a merch guy and a photographer and lighting guy for Anti-Flag. Did I get that right? What up? That's right. <laughs> you do a lot, You've man. also, I've also seen you fill in for members of Anti-Flag. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> Can you, do you know the whole set on bass and guitar? Uh, guitar, mainly. Um, okay. Not so much with bass. That dude, that dude can rip. Yeah, and I don't have I guess... uh, the big enough hands to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you get stoked when you when you have to fill in, or are you kind of like, I don't oh. know, like what's your what's the vibe with that? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I I guess you could say kind of grew up listening to Anti Flag. I think the first time I saw him was at uh, Warp Tour sometime in 2004. I want to say that sounds right. I remember seeing him that year. So it's like, you know, going and seeing all these fucking bands and growing up in a really small town and be like, oh, man, I want to do that. I want to be in a band. And like, how sick would it be if like I could be touring with them or playing shows with them? And now I, I do all of that stuff. Then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> where'd, where'd, where'd you grow up, Josh? Uh, I grew up in Texas, but more specifically... I like to tell people that I did most of my uh, like high school education slash growing into a quasi adult in Shiner, Texas. So it's very very tiny. Is that town. where Shiner Shiner Bach is made? It is. That's because that's where the name comes from. Yeah, that's yeah. And funny enough, that is the uh, 
That's the first question that everyone always asks when I say that. <laughs> well, now it's on this podcast. <laughs> we we like to educate the people, Josh. There Is it go. still made there, or did they get bought bought by like Budweiser, and now it's made in fucking somewhere else or something? Oh no, it's still there in the heart of a tiny little town of like two thousand people. Is it wow. like? Is it like a rally thing? Is everyone like, is it is everyone super stoked on Shiner or like is it like the thing of pride or is it kind of like yeah they do their thing or something? So I guess it kind of depends on who you ask because when I was in high school and uh, becoming aware about this beer that was made in town, I didn't know that it was like uh, you know shipped out anywhere else besides Shiner. And hmm. uh, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a very popular kid <laughs> in high school. And whenever I would hear about parties that other people were going to, not attending them, because I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would hear about it and I would hear like, oh, we're going to go out and we're going to we're going to drink this beer and that beer. But the Shiner was never brought up. And I was always curious as to why. And the classmates that I heard were going to these parties weren't drinking Shiner because they thought it was like, oh, we don't like it. It sucks. Uh, It's lame (laughs) to like, you know, it's kind of like a band thing. Like it's lame to wear your own band merch, you know, (laughs) which is true, which is a good lesson for everyone listening. Don't wear your own band. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh man, it's fucking lame to drink Shiner. And so I, grew up uh thinking to myself like oh well maybe i shouldn't drink it because people say it's bad or people don't seem to like it that much i don't know i wasn't much of a drinker in high school uh Mm -hmm. i slapped uh i slapped a straight edge patch on my sick punk plaid jacket pretty early on (laughs) at least you didn't get a tattoo right yeah right It's it's okay to wear your own band merch if your band makes really comfortable basketball shorts. I feel like that's the exception. Oh, okay. I think so. I can agree with that. Like, if you could wear socks or, like, shorts, but T-shirts, are, it's a little too much. You're kind of T- throwing it in their face. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, but really comfortable basketball shorts around the house, more than acceptable. I get that. But, I mean, if you're wearing it around the house, what does it matter if you're wearing your own band merch anyway? Who gets, who gets still, shit? Still know? fucking douchey, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> so, um, when did you start going to shows? Or, like, were there shows in Shiner? Or, like, what, what, what's the nearest town? Um, so, big town. To say it was a big town is uh, it's not saying much. But the the next town over where things were more happening uh was victoria texas and um birthplace of stone cold steve austin <laughs> yeah stone cold oh it's not austin texas no no, no. <laughs> i'm participating that was a bit bad i'm sorry can we edit that out <laughs> nope it's in there, it's in there. Continue, Josh. It's in there now. uh also fun fact stone cold is based out of edna texas which is kind of right outside of victoria but that oh, was but you like didn't the... know that fucking Harmon. is that is that where the broken skull ranch is i believe so Okay, never mind. You do know things. Okay. I know some stuff. Um, but yeah, going into high school and uh, getting more and more into things like punk rock, I was also interested in forming a band. Uh, but when it came to like going to shows or finding somewhere to do that, like 
even like the internet wasn't a very uh, lucrative thing for me to like log into. Like, what's happening? I didn't know how to properly go on there and be like, who's coming to which town and how do I get there? Because, you know, I couldn't drive anywhere. You know, even San Antonio and Austin were upwards of like an hour and a half away. And when you're in high school, that's really far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Victoria was only like 45 minutes and uh, one of the other members of my high school band was... What was the name of your high school band? Oh, we were called the Nowhere Heroes. It was uh, a very sick moment in time. <laughs> um, that's that's a funny thing, too. I'll get back to that. But yeah. the other guitar player in our band was a frequent Victoria runner. Yeah, he was always going there because uh, he was more learned and like local punk scenes and stuff. Like, he was way more punk than any of us were. Um, mm-hmm. But... He would go there and he made friends. I think his girlfriend was based there for a while. And so it was just nonstop him learning about all these things in the local punk scene. And then he would bring it back to us and be like, oh, you got to check out this band, um, you know, give us CDs and stuff. And so one day we're practicing in our garage and uh, the garage was based at my high school girlfriend's house. And it was kind of out in the country, so, it, you know, you could play as loud as you want. It was super fun. Um, and every now and then, like, a UPS driver would come driving up and delivering packages. But since it's such a small town, you know, everybody knows everybody. And that guy came in and heard us playing and asked uh, my girlfriend's dad, like, hey, what's what's the deal with the band? Do, do they play shows? Do they do they like to? Do they have they ever done it before? And it became like this whole thing where his nephew or so and so like had a band as well. They got in contact with us and like invited us to play this Halloween show. And it was like such a cool thing for us because we were really excited. But that one guitar player who was more uh knowledgeable and everything else local punks was like oh fuck man like we can't do this i'm not gonna we can't play the show and we're like why what's the big deal and then he looked at like the the bill of all these bands that were playing and they were like like the hero bands of his uh in the local scene and so it like it freaked him out to know that Oh, I thought Weird. you were going to say, oh, they were fucking Nazi bonehead skinheads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I could have gone any, either way. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it, was, it became this thing where he was like, oh, man, we can't do that. Like, we're not good enough. Like, they're, they're so fucking punk and all this. And it, it got into his head, like, so much about it. And uh, eventually we talked him down. We played the show. It was fucking great. Like, uh you know, it was local punks uh, in a very small town again. Uh, but then there's like this band of high school, like 15, 16 year olds who come in and like somehow win over this entire crowd because we're young and we're uh, playing songs that just like had that funny, like 
oh, like we're just now learning how to be punks and like what it means. <laughs> and uh, you know, like we like everybody spiked their hair and like people just ate it up, man. They thought it was the shit. Oh and yeah. It was funny because like that was our first show and I don't think we played a better show than that. <laughs> <laughs> One and done. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, so like what were you we gonna say something about the you said you were gonna come back to something about the band? Um oh fuck, what were we talking about? <laughs> the, your band, something <laughs> the name I don't know. It's not a big deal. Um, oh the, the name. The name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh the name Nowhere Heroes, uh just a funny tidbit came from um one of my first like actual shows that I was able to go to in Austin uh was Boxcar Racer. Um, oh. And H2O and The Used opened that show. The Used were like one of three, which is crazy to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember like being there. Uh, I don't exactly remember which venue it was. I want to say like Austin Music Hall or something. Um, but I remember going to the merch booth and like seeing a merch booth for the first time, like a real one <laughs> to me. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like, this, is, this is so badass, man. Like, look at all these shirts like before that you know it was going on to like innerpunk.com and oh, like, I, like, I really like trying to find something cool to wear uh or like if i saw like a blink 182 shirt uh out somewhere maybe at the mall in victoria the you know it's like at a jc penny or something and they only have like large and extra large and i'm mm-hmm. like this super little tiny 15 year old who can't fit into anything um so like to go to that show and see all this merch and like see that it was available in my size i was stoked and the idea that the youths were such a young band at that time i i wanted to like support them and i wanted to give them uh i wanted to give them my money and get some sick merch and like a cool shirt and one of their shirts was like it just said the used in the middle and then just like a whole bunch of just random words like clipped out of a newspaper or magazine and stuff just like i remember yeah i remember all that over it yeah it's just all over the place just random words and when it came time to pick our band name uh i was wearing that shirt at the at our practice space and i was like well what should we be called and our other guitar player looked at my shirt and he just pointed at two of those words on the U shirt. It's like, nowhere <laughs> heroes. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. That's cool as hell. Yeah, good enough. Fuck yeah. The first time I, I saw the used, it was when they were, like, very first starting out. And they were playing with a veil. But, like, I really like that first used record. Everything after that, I hate it. But I really like that first one. Oh, yeah. And there was, like, a porn shop, like, next to the venue. <laughs> and, like, the singer was coming out. And he had, like, this magazine. And then here come, like, these four, like, I don't know, however old we were at the time, whatever. And it's like, he's still under stuff, man. He's, like, trying to, like, hide it under his shirt and, like, sign our CDs and shit. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, they, they, that, band, that band was cool for a little bit. I never got to know him, to be honest. I'm a little younger than both of y'all, I think. But whatever. I yeah. mean, it just... You are younger. It just... It, w- it was never... That first, that first record was before you. Probably. Um, and that's the good one. It's sick, though. It's yeah, the first up, one's man. good. Josh, how'd you, uh, I mean, I don't know. What was the next, what was the next step in the, like, how did you, how did you end up with anti-flag and like, well, like, did you move to a bigger city or what's the uh, story? Well, once I graduated, I, um, actually went to the Victoria community college for a couple semesters. Um, 
And I was, you know, I wanted to follow and like music and like music performance and stuff. Cause like being in a band, I was like, that's all I wanted to do. And guitar is like um, primarily the thing that you do. Right. So I also took like a guitar class as well, because that was something that was just not available to me uh, in my high school because it was just too small. Um, Mm. So the idea of being able to focus on that was really cool. But they had like the classes were one extreme to the other. So there was like basic guitar, like introduction to guitar, basically. And then there was like guitar ensemble. And every other person in that class was just like, had to have been playing their whole life basically everybody was so good and i was just like there's no middle ground for me to like just get in on learning more about how to play this guitar properly and then of course like budget cuts start happening and then like the arts program of course is the first to go and i'm like man this sucks dude like what am i gonna do now Mm. so i just like i was over it man like it came down to a, a semester where they cut my music classes and I was just taking basics and I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I just dropped out like immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I only stuck around Victoria for a little bit longer and then moved to, I guess where I would consider my current Texas residence, which is in McQueenie uh, about, it's like right in between San Antonio and Austin. So it's really close to like all those music scenes and stuff. Like equally, oh. like you get, like you go to shows in both, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, so when it became a lot easier to like access shows like that, um, and I also had uh, a whole new group of friends that were constantly uh, introducing me to new bands and stuff, and one of those bands was uh, Fake Problems from Naples, Florida. Right on. And um, I like Fake Problems. Fake Problems were, they were like the hero band for us in our little group uh, back in Texas. Uh, we just thought it was so good. And every everywhere we were going, we were just like, if we're driving to a show, if we're just going to hang out, if we're, you know, fucking playing Halo at three in the morning, uh, there's a Fake <laughs> Problems record playing somewhere in the background. And... Um, this was also during like peak MySpace era. Mm, good times. Yeah. And um, I remember Fake Problems were putting out their uh, Great to Be Alive record and they were posting uh, bulletins or whatever on MySpace about, hey, we're coming on tour. These are all the dates, but also we're looking for people to. Uh, attend these shows it could be one person per show it doesn't matter uh but we need like a horn player we need a string player and um in in my mind uh as somebody who had no experience when it came to like touring and stuff or anything of that like to me fake problems were larger than life anybody who was in a band was just larger than life and mm-hmm. the idea of being able to contact them or them replying to a message that I had sent, like, seemed impossible. That that, that was the crazy but... thing about MySpace back in the day. Like, I was a big ska nerd, and, like, my brother started playing trumpet. And I remember messaging Real Big Fish on MySpace being like, hey, is there a way I, like, my brother can get the sheet music so that we can play the songs? And yeah, Johnny wrote back 
and was like, hey, we've been talking about doing a sheet music book for years, but we haven't gotten around to it. If it ever happens, just be on the lookout lookout or something. And I, I was blown away by that. You know? Yeah, that's it. Like, when that social media, like, came onto the scene, like, it was crazy how uh, accessible all these people suddenly became. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they were, in fact, on the other line, which fake problems were. And it wasn't until maybe a, even, like, a couple months later, because, like, they planned that tour so far in advance, uh, the bass player, Derek, sent me a, a reply email saying, hey, we're coming to South by Southwest this year. Uh, I think this was like 2008. And um, we think it'd be cool if, you know, if you came to the shows and we all played the show together, see how it goes. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking crazy. And then, you know, I took that to my friends back home and everybody like freaked out. I was freaking out. I was like, man, now I have to learn all these songs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was cool. Like I... You know, they asked me to play trumpet uh, during those shows at South by Southwest. And you so do that? Idea... You, you play trumpet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I was, a, I was a big uh, band geek in high school. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> so, Josh, by being a band nerd and playing trumpet, that obviously means that the band that you were just talking about was a ska band, correct? Fake problems? No. Automatically. Yeah. No, no, no. Not fake problems. <laughs> your, your, your old band. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, very played, much not Scottish. No, I played trumpet in the high school marching band. Was it like very like militant drum drum corps shit? Uh, not militant. Not really. <laughs> no, just classic, <laughs> just classic marching band. Nothing fancy. Okay. Sorry, I am also a band nerd. I was in drumline and all that, but oh yeah, we don't need to get into that. Uh, so you're playing with fake problems. Uh, yeah, they invited me to come play at South by Southwest. And we ended up playing those shows together, and it was really cool. The last show I remember playing is the one where, like, all of my friends were able to come because it was free. Um, and it was great, man. And the, the dudes in Fake Problems, they're, they're angels. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it wasn't until maybe, like, a month or so later... I got a another email from Derek saying like, "Hey, we're going on tour for a month between this state and this state, and we're wondering if you want to go with us." And that was crazy. That, that yeah. was insane to me that uh, anything like that could happen. But in my head, I was like, "There's, there's no way," because I I'm working a full time job. I've got bills. I've got a car payment. All this stuff like. What was your job at the time? I was working at this place called Hastings. Uh, have you ever heard of FYE? <laughs> FYE, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, like Sam yeah, Goody. It's basically something store. like that, but they yeah, also no. had books. <laughs> so it was called like Hastings uh, Bookstore, okay. but it was full of you know music, entertainment, all your alternative needs, basically. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I was, you know, one of the managers there and the idea of, quitting that job to abandon everything and go on the road for a month uh, did not seem like the best idea. So I went back and forth in my head uh, on that for quite a while. And then eventually I was like, this would, it's so dumb to pass something like that up. Uh, So I, I went and it was great. And we went on 
two additional tours after that. And then in 2010, they invited me to come with them on Warp Tour. We were going to play the whole thing. Uh, we were sharing a bus with two other artists playing on the AP stage all summer. And that is the time when I became more acquainted with Anti-Flag. What year is this about? That was 2010. He said that, Dante. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm writing down. I have notes. All right. So it's 2010. Yep. And uh, um, we played that whole summer. And I think Anti-Flag jumped on, uh, I want to say, like the last two weeks of that tour. So when it became time to go to each city and like you know you set up all the merch stuff super early in the morning um i became more acquainted with mark code who also works for anti-flag he's been working for those dudes for almost 20 years now i guess uh but he was working merch at the time and so that's like the the thing that you do with your working merch on warp tour you meet all the other merch people and then you decide who you want to set up to every day and mm. if you can make that happen, then everybody's lives are easier. So that's what I did with Mark. And we became good friends. And Anti-Flag, something that they've always done at Warp Tours, they'll play a show. And then they'll go to their tent and they'll like meet a bunch of people. They'll say hello. Um, so being set up next to the Anti-Flag tent every now and then, it was just like I was just hanging out with those dudes daily. Uh Nice. Or if I was, you know, sometimes I would, the fake problems dudes would come and give me a break from merch and I'd go and get some catering and somebody from the band would be there. And eventually, uh, Chris number two asked me because he saw, he watched us play a couple of days as well. And I was still playing trumpet with fake problems at the time. And he, you were doing merch and trumpet basically. Yeah. Okay. So, Two would come around and watch the show sometimes, and then he asked me one day, he's like, hey, man, you should come and uh, play a song with us. And I thought he was joking. And I was like, ah, sure, you know, that would be cool. He kind of, like, brushed it off, because, like, he doesn't want me up there playing trumpet with him. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but then, like, he came back, like, no, I want you to, like, check out this song. Well, It's been, like, a big part of the show. Um and it's about halfway through the set, so like you'll just come on, you'll you'll play in Chris Head's mic, you'll be done. It's super simple. And so, uh, if everybody's familiar with Warp Tour, which I'm sure they are, like they know that the schedules and the set times change every day, and nobody mm-hmm, knows yeah. who what time you're playing until like the morning of. So it became this issue where thick problems and anti-flag set times were always clashing, and. In my head, I was like, oh, man, like, I don't think we're going to be able to make this happen. Um, and that was like, it was a bummer for me because I really wanted to do that. And I didn't think it was going to happen. But I was also like, OK, with it not happening, if, you know, if it didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until the very last day when we had like the most time between our sets. And I was just like, oh, this is perfect. It's the last day uh, and we can make this happen. And so I told Chris... And we, we like set up the plan. He showed me the set list, he showed me where to come in and everything. And uh, I decided I made this uh, deal in my head that I wasn't going to like play the part on my trumpet that I had prepared. Cause I was like, I don't know. Should I, 
should I show them what I'm going to play? I don't, I don't understand what I should be doing. I'm just going to go out there and do it. And if they like it, they like it. Uh, <laughs> and so that's what I did. And it, as it turns out, they thought it was uh, really cool. After the show, Chris came back and he was like, dude, that was sick. Like, we got to do this more. And I was like, well, it's the last day. <laughs> we can't do it anymore. But um, a couple of months after that, he sent me an email. I thought, hey, I don't even remember how he got my email. If we, like, exchanged information or, like, what had happened. Uh, but, yeah, this email from Chris number two of Anti-Flag showed up in my inbox one day. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? And it was, uh, it was him telling me, like, I've formed this new band called White Wives. It's me, the other Chris from Anti-Flag, and a couple of our Pittsburgh buddies. And here's the deal. I want you to come to Pittsburgh. I want you to learn these songs on this new record, which is also attached in the email. And then here's, like, a list of uh, a month's worth of shows, zero days off that we're going to just fucking hit the ground running. He's like, if you want to come, let me know. I'll get you a plane ticket, and then we'll just go on tour again. And that blew, that blew my mind. Um, but that is, I guess, like the the beginning, the genesis of my time with uh, coming to Pittsburgh and uh, meeting the other guys of White Wives, and then in turn, uh, anti-flag, and I guess the rest is, uh, as they say, what happened. (laughs) Damn, dude. That's pretty rad. So, um, what am I trying? Uh, Yeah, I'm assuming, like, you know, the the little horn part you did for anti-flag was just the one-time thing. Like, wouldn't, would it it be ridiculous if they were like, hey, Josh, let's do the old horn thing again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) next time. Just once. Whenever the fuck they play a show. Yeah. That would be really funny, actually. (laughs) Like, remember that, like, 15-second part you played? Like, (laughs) let's do that again. (laughs) I'm not too familiar. Like, I don't know the deep cuts, but I know the hits, obviously. Like, is it a song that we'd know? Um... I don't know. It's kind of a deep cut. And you don't remember? I, I, yeah. do, I know some of the deep cuts. It was. It's called uh, The Modern Rome Burning uh, from the Bright Lights of America album. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as familiar with that record. But still good. <laughs> good stuff. It was a cool moment. That's it was like, like the, the sick moment where I was playing the trumpet and it's like a kind of a slower part of the song and two's on the other side of the stage and he's like smashing up a floor tom to pieces and it looks crazy and people are going nuts because it's just chaos and then i'm over here like i feel like i should be in like a military uniform or something (laughs) 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 sounds like i'm like playing on a battlefield or something (laughs) no i i'm assuming like go ahead i was gonna say i think the only cool thing i've had like that is i had ordered something from fat records and i got like a less than jake borders and boundary poster and i always thought it was hilarious that on there they're like standing in front of this rv and it says like something clit on top of it and i the coolest thing for me was i got to finally ask them why it said clit and chris did tell me but you'll have to buy his book to find out (laughs) plug promo are you sure it's in the book no i don't know but it should be if not I want to know. 
Well, I mean, that's that's me. That's me plugging Chris's book and saying I also don't remember exactly what the story was. All right, to... well, you're fucking useless. <laughs> Whatever. All right, moving on, Josh. Um, yeah. So, ha- have you have you done any other job for them other than like playing for them and like filling in and doing merch? Like, did did you have was there ever a scenario where you had to like guitar tech or any crazy shit like that? Um, guitar tech. Well, not really. Um, so. Yeah. My initial job going into the anti-flag camp was to uh, replace Mark in the merch area because he was moving up to stage manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first job, technically, and that was, I, I think, going to be the only thing that I was going to do because I, I wasn't sure if like this was a one-time thing, if they were going to keep inviting me back. And uh, another funny tidbit, the first tour that I was supposed to do with Anti-Flag was the 2012 Warp Tour. And the night before I'm supposed to fly out to meet them in California, I shattered my collarbone. Oh, fuck. And uh, so, yeah, I had to make a phone call like the next day to jesse who's our manager like all the other guys are like en route to california i'm like hey trying to explain to him what happened and it was just like this crazy thing where they had to like scurry they they found somebody out of salt lake to like come and fill in for those shows and i think like two weeks went by before the san antonio date which would have been the closest one to me in texas um and by that time, I was like, man, I've been sitting around doing nothing for two weeks. I'm bummed. I should be on tour right now. Uh, like, it sucks that all this shit happened. So I, like, gathered up some friends, and they all took me to Warp Tour, and I reconnected with the guys there. And after the show, I remember going and hanging out in the, uh, the bandwagon. And I was talking to Chris, and I was like, hey what do you think if I, I just hopped on for like these last two weeks and um, we'll just like find something like whatever. I can just help uh, the person who was working merch at the time, uh, you know, walk around during the set, sell CDs to people and stuff. And uh, they're like, yeah, fuck it, man. Go back to bag. <laughs> like, and I was like, are you sure you can come? And I was like, well, I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, should I call a doctor and be like, hey, is this, <laughs> is this a good idea? And, um, but, you know, that's what I did. I called and I was like explaining the situation. And, you know, as a doctor, all they can really do is be like, well, I highly recommend that you don't go. You're, never, <laughs> you're only two weeks into healing. But mm-hmm. if I can't stop you from doing that, then I do recommend that, you know, you take it easy. Don't do anything strenuous. Don't lift anything. So what did what did your like, job? Oh, okay, so what what did your what did your little job end up being? Well, that <laughs> like... was that was it basically. I just sort of like hung out at merch and just helped in any way that I could. Like when it came time for uh, like post show hangouts with the bands and stuff like that, I would just like walk up and down the line and talk to people, sell them whatever like new CD there was at the time. Or, you know, walk around during the show and just sell CDs that way. Just, you know, something something simple. I'd, like, make runs to catering and stuff if I could. And just, like, real chill. 
Right on. Yeah, Har- Harmon fucking twisted his ankle at the last Warp Tour. Like four, like and, four uh, shows in. Oh. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm, I'm. They're gonna fucking send me home." And we, they didn't. Um, I think it was, I think it was, it was like disgust, and I'm like, "No, I can figure this out. We'll make this work. It'll be all right." We got, we got him a scooter. <laughs> I, and I was like, <laughs> he scooted around, he was like scooting around, and then that's why like Warp Tour is like boring for me because after the show it was like I would just go back to like our little tent out behind the bus, and I would sit there and like ice my ankle and watch like people go by me to go do fun things. I'm like, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll be over here. I'm much here." <laughs> Do it all again tomorrow morning. Yeah. He had, he had, he had, when he, when he, uh, you know, was wearing the Evo head and shit, he had a great way of skanking on one foot. I figured it out. Like, I'm pretty proud that I figured it out. You can imagine. I'm I'm upset that it happened because it was just kind of like a stupid thing where it's just like me getting older and landing the wrong way on my ankle and just being like, ah, it's not there and falling down on my face. But yeah, shit happens. happens. It happens, man. What are you going to do? So, yeah. We got, we, we got through that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was my um, like my first, I guess, job uh, for Anti Flag, and it wasn't until like they they came and approached me saying like, "Hey, we're going on tour in Europe. Uh, we're going out with this band called Billy Talent, which that was a band that I had never heard of. Canadian, uh, right? Previous to that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had some songs here, but they're way bigger overseas. Though they're massive. I couldn't believe it like we showed up to the first venue and it was an arena and I was like um (laughs) (laughs) where are we who is this band that we're playing this is insane yeah and um it was your first time uh, in Europe was opening yeah it was also my first time in Europe and Chris had once again approached me uh saying like hey what do you think about learning how to do lights for this tour and in my head, I was like, yes, that's a cool idea. But also, like, these are arenas. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you have no idea what you're asking right now. Like, that seems impossible. Yeah, if you can imagine fucking uh, up and like, oh, yep, fucked up an arena show, an arena light <laughs> show. Like, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it'd be a big fuck up. Not only that, but I was like, I don't know who to talk to. Uh I don't know what's what. Like, would it help you to know that ever like, that the house lighting guys that uh, the English is not their first language? Would that help at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, see, that's the thing because you know the Billy Talent dudes—they had like full production crew, and their LD just happened to be like a super nice Irish dude. And um, I met him on the first day, and he was just so nice. And. I explained to him, like, look, I've never done this before, but uh, my guys would really like me to run the lights. And so he just offered to, like, make a page specifically oh, for so me sick. and be like, like, dude, here you go. Like, this is all you have to do. I'm going to build it for you, basically, like a really That's simple awesome. show. And then all you have to do is just, like, push the buttons, do the yeah. faders, and, like, you're golden. Dude, I, I uh, honestly... But, you know, by that time... Go Sorry. Ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. Go ahead. This is your, this is your episode. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that was like a thing. Like I knew the show, so I was like, okay, well, as as long as I get a, a hang of like what all these different buttons do, then you know, I think by the end of the tour, it was pretty solid. And I was like, okay, this is something I could maybe pursue. Uh, and so that's something that I've been doing since then. 
not necessarily still in a I, what I would consider a pretty professional manner, but my job in addition to managing merch is now to also like go find the house LD, tell them who you are and explain like, Oh, I I'm going to do the lights tonight. I just need some help programming this and this and this. And it's just like super basic stuff. It's been basic ever since that tour because with all the other jobs and responsibilities that I have, as far as like, you know, like helping out with social media presence, uh, doing record label stuff, all this thing, like there's not enough time to just sit down and like properly learn uh, how to that's out there. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like I, I worked at, I worked at a club for a little bit and they would have shows. They'd also have club nights and they'd just be like, Hey, you're doing sound, do lights too. And I would just kind of be like, all right, this fader does this. Cause it's like an old analog lighting board. This one does this. This one does. If I just do these full things, lights move and I don't have to really do anything. It's a club. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did lights for pairs a lot. Um, and that was a lot of fucking fun. Less than Jake, like, wasn't really feeling like they, they, they really don't want anyone to leave the merch table because we just have so much merch and merch is such a big deal to mm. the band. Um, but man, I fucking love doing lights. It's like playing an instrument in a way. And we're back, Josh Massey. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> have we talked about? Um, have we talked about how you look like a goddamn uh, koala? We have not. We have not talked not about yet. that. Yeah, adorable but vicious. This, I've asked you this before <laughs> off podcast, and I want to make sure, like, you are not offended by me being like Josh looks like a koala, right? Like, oh, ten thousand percent, yes. <laughs> You are offended. <laughs> I just swear to God, one day, whenever we tour again, we're gonna be on tour, and you're just gonna fucking clock me in the balls and be like, "That's for fucking calling me a koala." No, I fucking dude, that's Josh, for the koala you, comment. <laughs> you should, you should do that anyway, man. That'd be hilarious. But make sure I'm around. Yeah, oh, we'll do with with my uh, phone taking video. Funny tidbit. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember, of course, because this is the way that dreams go. But I did distinctly have a moment last night when I was dreaming that I do remember where I was, like, standing on the corner somewhere, and across the street from me is just this mass amount of koalas crossing the street, <laughs> all crossing the street at the same time, like a bunch of ducks or something, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I know. Um, so there's not really much else. That, uh, that I would be on the podcast today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing this last minute as well. We've been wanting to have you anyway, but yeah, Josh kind of Josh kind of saved the saved, podcast, saved this week. the day. It was about to just be me and Dante talking to each other, and nobody wants that. Our no listeners, our listeners, were going to go way down. We have we have gonna... numbers to prove that no one just wants the two of us talking together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but nonetheless, here we still are. Here, here we, we still are. are. So, Josh, how did you come to like permanently reside in Pittsburgh? Is it just like, well, I keep touring with Anti Flag, I might as well just live here because that's where you live, correct? Correct. And the reasoning behind that is exactly right. <laughs> uh, it was just like a thing where uh, we were doing so much touring, and every time the band would put out a new album, uh, and the album cycle would just start all over again. I was just like, man, 
this is just a nonstop ride. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense for me to stay here in Texas where at the time I was still doing like remote work for AF records um, mm-hmm. as my yeah, you do. Like graphic design. Like correct, uh, right? Yeah. Like yeah. part of that, like source of income was just like, well, all I'm doing is waking up every day and going to work at a coffee shop on my computer and working on things that just are all based in Pittsburgh. So why not just be there? Do you <laughs> like it there? I love it. I love living yeah. in the city. Uh, Hell yeah. It doesn't really snow in Pittsburgh too much, right? Uh, well, it does. Um, it does. We, I'm just we didn't wrong. get a lot of snow last year. It's one of the warmer winters we've had, but uh, I've thanks I've, global warming. Oh yeah, I recently <laughs> um, I recently read an article that the polar vortex is a brewing right now, and so that bodes terrible things for uh, you know the northeast region. And so I can't wait mm. to just never leave the house while so much snow falls and I'm just cold all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, um, so you also, you also do photography for, do you do it for anti-flag or you just do it cause you like do photography or cause I know you've been selling prints, right? I have, I haven't really been pushing it all that much lately. Uh, that's something that was kind of more born in some way out of necessity because of like COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But did you start that as like a hobby or how photography is like something that I've really liked to do even as far back as uh, high school. I remember getting like one of those like old power or old Canon. I think they were called power shots Mm -hmm. and um, they had like all these at the time in my head, like all these crazy effects you can like, click on a, a section on the photo screen, like, look at this red flower, and then you click on the red flower, and then, like, filter all the red out of the photo, and then everything else is black and white, and I was like, whoa, that's so cool, you know, <laughs> things like that, and, but, like, at the, at the same time, I was, like, learning how to actually operate a, an actual camera, and, you know, like, I graduated from disposables all my life and stuff like that, uh, <laughs> But I don't know. I, I people people would tell me like, oh, like your photos are great, and like you really have an eye for this. And as the person behind the lens, you're always like, oh, this sucks. Like <laughs> none of this is any good. None of this is usable. But mm-hmm. over time, when it uh, became this thing, we're like, oh, I should like, I should chase this a little more and see what happens. And I committed a lot more to the craft and it's like this is a lot of fun and over the past uh i guess like two or three years is when i really really started diving into it like uh of course like the live music stuff is kind of my primary focus because at the time that's like that's where i always was i was always Mm -hmm. at a show always in front of a stage and then like to be one of those people who just constantly has access to a photo pit uh you know it's 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 really like a lucky situation to be in and not a lot of people have that um so the idea that i could go out and take photos of these bands every single night and then just have like this huge library of photos 
to give to them. Like some of them were asking me for them so that they could use them for like social media or they could use them for uh, all kinds of things. Uh, less than Jake, Matt Yonker just uh, hit me up and asked me for some photos for like the the flag that's going into the new LTJ record. And I was like, Oh, those are your photos? Like, yeah, those are my photos. Oh, that's from, fucking uh, rad. Punk and drug like. Nice. nice. That was a fun time. I enjoyed Punk and Drug like. Oh, uh, it was great. Was Dante, great I think, tour. was a little stressed out, but he did an amazing job. And I think we had fun. I mean, Brian almost died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> that whole thing. Oh, yeah. I just, no, I just I came know. across my, uh, my, my lag wagon laminate. Uh, that they gave the all of us. And, yeah, uh, I I laughed because it's so big. <laughs> oh, yours isn't hanging on your wall. It's so funny. It's not on my wall. It, it's still on. So I have every tour laminate uh, on like different lanyards. Uh, and so one of the lanyards is this, this giant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the size of a of a sheet of paper, yeah, a normal sheet of paper. Yeah, so it, it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, tour photography, like, I was talking to Brian, um, you know, the Brian Maiden, Brian Forrest, you know, the old guitar tech of Lesson Jake, and, um, yeah, man, I, I, like, I forget what we were, me, at the beginning of Harm, uh, yeah, the beginning of quarantine, me and Harmon and him, like, just had, like, a three-way call, it was really cute, we just had a three-way call and just shot the shit for a while. It was adorbs. And he, he was telling us about, like, tour photography and uh you know like how that's like an actual thing like a job where that's literally all you do and i was part of me was kind of like are you fucking kidding me like i would be so mad if there was just a guy on the bus i was just like sorry dude i'm not helping move cases i'm like just a tour photographer (laughs) yeah that was there was uh they they knew the guy that did it for offspring we did that frequency festival he's there taking pictures and one of the guys told me that's that's who that dude was and i'm like so that band just has a guy that just comes out and takes pictures i I didn't really realize it was that big of a thing well and i was like talking shit to brian i'm like that sounds annoying like oh that's just the photographer guy don't ask him to move a case or anything but Brian was like, you don't understand, like, for, I forget what band he was talking about, but it's, like, literally, like, they follow the lead singer, they do all the meet and greet photos, they have to edit all those, they have to send all those meet and greet photos out. Like, it can be a full-time job. Oh, for sure, for, yeah. For an artist that's, like, at a higher level, you know, than Less Than Jake or whoever the fuck. But, um, yeah, that's, that definitely adds more value to... uh to your resume i think i'm jealous that i don't have that i mean i, I don't know i never I, that was never interesting to me to be honest you know photography it, it, it takes a special kind of koala to uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the most special koala uh going back to uh think. yeah going back to 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 europe and stuff like um how many how many times do you think you've been to europe on tour oh uh you lost by count. this time i have it's probably around 15 damn 20, that's insane i don't know it maybe that maybe that's too many i don't know <laughs> i've lost count <laughs> but i love it what's um, i love it so much you love going out there yes what's um i don't know like what's your favorite place what's your favorite thing that's different about europe versus you know touring the states or whatever um, I'm a really big fan of all of our, uh, stops in Germany. Yeah. Germany's awesome. Uh, 
those folks just love to party, like, no matter where you are, you know. You know what else they're really into, which I wish more people in America were into? Tell me. Anti-fascism. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For real, though. Fucking over here, we got fucking everyone's uncle being like Antifa's a fucking violent gang of whatever sponsored by George George Soros or whatever. And over there, like, yeah, that's just what we believe. We're just against fascism. It still blows my mind that people in America, like real life Americans, walk around in some parts of our country waving flags that have a giant swastika on them. <laughs> yeah, yep. what, yeah. Is that that is... what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I love yeah, Germany. Germany. I love it so much. Uh, that very first European tour that I went on, uh, we also happened to be near, I want to say Munich, where Oktoberfest was happening. Nice. Mm. So not only did I get my first European experience, I got my first Oktoberfest experience all in one go. And that was just something special. <laughs> because uh, the one of the towns that I live close to in Texas, uh, it's called New Braunfels, Texas. It's also a very German town. Uh, so they also have their own version of Oktoberfest called Wurstfest, as in Bratwurstfest. <laughs> <laughs> However, things there are a lot more... Uh, capitalized upon you know like it's super expensive you you have to like purchase tickets to redeem for drinks like if you go and like hang out and under like one of the giant tents and listen to whichever polka band is playing um you know some people will like get up and like stand on tables and stuff and then there's some fucking cop walking around telling you to get down because you can't have any fun anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but in Germany, yeah. there are no rules, man. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I did a solo tour with Joey Cape and Zach from Paris, and we were in Munich during Oktoberfest, and it was the last day of tour, and I had too much shit that I had to do to prepare to fly everything out. So I did not get to go, and everyone else went to go, and I was so mad. But that's how it goes sometimes. It is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Are you, are you a fan of the gas station sausage? I love uh, the gas station. I sausage. am, I am. I I work for a band that is full of vegetarians and vegans. Uh, no, so, that's cool. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's also kind of like a this funny thing that some uh, of like my my old Texas friends would ask me when I would go on tour with Anti Flag. Like, oh, do they? Do they make you like only eat veggie or vegan or anything? Like, what's the deal with all that? And that's just not the case. <laughs> I would hope not. I mean, I'd hope they'd be like, well, I thought that this was going to be like this whole thing. Like, oh man, they're going to make Morrissey. you be. They're going to make you be vegetarian. They're going to make you like watch the news every day or something. <laughs> <laughs> something political. It's like, okay, that's that's not it. <laughs> 
Yeah, Tour of the NFL is great, but I'm just tired of these fucking like political <laughs> panels that they do every morning. <laughs> hey, have you that that that's a that's an interesting question. Have you ever been anywhere in the U.S. like any kind of like southern towns or anywhere where like some local guys like asking you what band you're with and giving you any shit for like being like yeah anti-flag or any kind of confrontations like that? Um, I'll answer for you, Josh. Actually, are you are you familiar with the gentleman Mike Rock? No. Yes. Does this work? Yeah. I, I, I'm friends. I, I met Mike Rock back in the day. I don't mean to answer for you. That was half a bit. <laughs> no one laughed, though. Um, yep. No, Mike Rock uh, posted this whole story about, like, some tour. It, it might have been before your time, but, like, Nazis were, like, traveling and, like, following them the whole tour through the South. And it was a nightmare. But go ahead. <laughs> um, if you – no, I just – no, I just uh, – why am I doing this? You're right. This is rude. Yeah. Go ahead. Josh, do you have a better answer than Dante? <laughs> um, it was half so, a bit, and then I was too invested, and I just had to keep going. Let him fucking answer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny I'm enough, sorry. I do have a, a, an answer that kind of just, like, brings all of this full circle, which is so special. Um, but we took a trip to uh, Vancouver a couple years ago. Ooh. And there was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there's something about like traveling into British Columbia and going through customs where they always seem to ask you a little bit more uh, when you go through like uh, the customs folks at the, um, at the airport. Yeah. You know, normally you just give somebody your passport. They'll be like, where are you coming in from? How long are you going to stay? And like that's usually it. Well, you see, poor equals bad. And exactly. people who are poor don't fly. And people who drive, even if you're driving in a big, giant tour bus, you still could be bad. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but we were just, like, hanging out at the Vancouver airport. We're going through security. We're going up to the, the customs people. And... You know, when you get there, it's like it's like a one-at-a-time thing. So they call the next person up, and then if you're behind them, you can kind of get a feel for, oh, they're, they're asking these questions, so I should kind of get, like, this script or whatever going in my head. i got to answer these things properly. Um, but I wasn't prepared when I got up there, and they're like, are you guys in a group? And they're like, yes. What's the group called? And... I told them, they're like, oh, we're a band called Anti-Flag. I'm one of the people who work for the band. And this customs agent immediately, like, gets on their computer and, like, starts to Google us. And it, it no, becomes, no. like, this thing. Like, like, she repeated it back. <laughs> like, she repeated it back to me, like, in, like, that tone. Like, Anti-Flag? What is that? And I was like, well, I just told you we're a band. And so she's, she's, I guess, on our Wikipedia page. And she just starts to, like, list songs that come up. And, like... Die for your Yeah, government. like, you know, like, the top things that come up on, like, that page. Like, so, die for your government. Uh, fuck police brutality. Um... <laughs> what is this? And I'm like, just trying to explain to this lady, like, look, I just work for the band. <laughs> like at that point, sometimes you just got to go that route, but it became like this situation where 
sometimes if we go to the airport and I start getting that like feeling that oh they're gonna ask me like they can see it in our the way we look and our appearance like they can see that we're like a band and uh when it's my turn to go up if I get like a random agent who hasn't uh asked any of the other guys yet they'll be like oh are you guys a band I'm like yes what's the band called and I'll be like uh less than Jake <laughs> No, no, no. Don't lie. <laughs> Lying got me in a lot of trouble at the border. Don't, We've heard no that lies. story before, Dante. Uh, I've done it. I'm not going to get into it, but no lies. Don't, don't lie at the border. I, I, we are, we are lied. running out of time. I lied because I'm punk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. This is... <laughs> Die for your... <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. What do you think anal cunt has to deal with <laughs> when they cross the border? Uh, yeah, we're a band called Anal Cunt. <laughs> Maybe if they just like pronounce it a, a weird way, then they can get away with it. Well, I think they just call themselves AC. Oh, there you go. But anyway, uh, Josh, yeah. uh, we got to start wrapping this up. Is there anything you want to plug or promote before uh, we wrap this up? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man, I miss oh, you, bud. Dude, fuck yeah. Um, so... If you want to follow, no, no. What do you want to? What do you want oh, to plug? Uh, if if I had to plug something, I your photography yeah, we could, something, we could, man. You could follow Scattered Pictures, uh, which is my photography stuff, on any social media platform. Um, but also, I will shout out Anti Flag. We, as a you know, big old group, have a new album out this year called Twenty Twenty Vision, which is great. But, Something a little more special is coming in the coming days, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Any, Come on, talk about it. Drop it any here further on than that. this podcast. And, Dude, uh, n- nobody listens. You can say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just guys, kidding. Thank you, you for everybody friend, listening. But this guy's mouth is closed. <laughs> <laughs> no leaks here, man. Yeah. Thank you, Josh, for doing this and saving the day with our last minute need for guests yeah um but we were gonna have you on anyway at some point yeah because i had messaged you yeah and you're busy you're busy i believe you're moving at the time i was yeah so there you go so anyways you can follow us on instagram or twitter at tour pass podcast if you want to email us tour pass podcast at gmail.com or if you have the anchor app you can always leave us a voice message do it there you go josh says do it so and go buy Less Than Jake crew merch. It benefits me, Harmon, and Matt, and Brian, and that. And Addy. not me. It benefits the crew. And not <laughs> Josh. It benefits Harmon and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think they're the same person. They might, they Whatever. Might be. But anyways, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Josh, for doing this. Thanks for having uh, me. Uh, this, we'll see you next week. Next week. Boom.